We're going to be in a few different places in the Word of God here this morning. You can turn there. You can look up on the screen, whichever you want to do. Matthew chapter 19 is where we're going to start. But as the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at receiving light and how there's different types of light that come to us. Some is a general light that comes to the body of Christ. Some is a, a light that comes to the Word of God. And some of it is, is light that God speaks directly to us. I want to talk a little bit here this morning about that light that comes specifically to us about our situation. Sometimes we look at the Word of God and we see that God has spoken light to certain people in the Word of God. And can we take the light that God spoke to them and use it in our life? One of the verses that comes to mind when we see this is in your bulletin. And when God spoke to Joshua and he said, Be strong and of good courage. And he said a number of things. We will look at that here today. Can we take that light that was spoken to Joshua and rightfully use it in our own life? Because it was a a specific light given to Joshua. But how many times have you used that verse in your own life? Father God, I thank you. I can be strong. I thank you that I can be very courageous. And and we use that. But if we look at the the chapter that it was written in, chapter 1, this was specifically written for Joshua. or um, Yeah, for Joshua. That was God's light to him. So we want to take a look at this and see, is it something that we can do? There are some situations in the Word of God that uh, we don't seem to copy as much. If you take a look at the light that Jesus was given when a tax was due for him and Peter. And Peter came and was talking to Jesus about it. And as they remember the discussion that was there, but at the end of it, he said, look, so we don't offend them, go into the, uh, go into the lake and cast in your line and you'll catch a fish. And in that fish, you'll find two coins, enough for, for you and for me. And so he went out there and did that. Now, can we take the light that they had if we have a need, say we had a tax need? Can we go fishing? How about the other light where, where the man who had leprosy and he was told, go wash in the Jordan. And he got upset and said, I don't want to go wash in the Jordan. Jordan's dirty. I'd rather go wash in one of the other rivers. And he was supposed to dip seven times. So the servant finally talked to him and says, look, if he had told you something difficult, you would have done it. How easy is it to go wash and be clean? And so he went ahead and did it. Now, if I have a disease like he had, can I just take that light and walk in it? So I'm just going to go to the Jordan, going to fly across the, the, uh, the world there, land over there in Israel, take a little tour over to the Jordan, try and locate the spot where he was at and get the, get the location down and, and um, just go dip in there seven times. Can I walk in that light? How is it that we can look at those particular situations and say, well, I don't think I can do that, but we're all out there confession the things that Joshua received. So where do we draw the line at? What light given for other people is light that can be used in my life? So we're going to take a look first off at a scripture we were reading, not this past week, but before. In Matthew chapter 19, in verse 16, Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good things shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? 
No one is good but, but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? Jesus said to him, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother, and you shall love the Lord, or you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Now, even if you just look at the Ten Commandments, Jesus did not read all of them to him. In fact, specifically, look at the ones that he said, because he said, which ones, which commandments should I keep? You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The only ones that that Jesus read to him were the ones that dealt with us to other people. He didn't deal with the ones that were between them and God. Now you can get into some aspects of that, but we're not here to do that here today. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? So he's done all these things from his from his youth. Now, that means he, he hasn't killed anybody. He hasn't committed adultery. He hasn't stolen anything. He didn't bear false witness. He was honoring to his father and mother. And he was loving his neighbor as himself. He said he's done these things. But he said, what do I still lack? He still knew there's something, there's something missing. There's something lacking. He felt a call from God into something. And he, I, I, I'm doing everything I know to do. But I'm, I just don't seem to have it down yet. And so he came to the teacher and says, what is it that I still lack? What is it that I need? And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, that word perfect there means to be complete. It's not calling him to be without sin. It's just saying if you want to be complete, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Now, this story is, is kind of unique in that you're going to see two types of light here. The first type of light is Jesus gave him the general light from the Word of God. He said, what do I need to do? And Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. Keep them. He said, well, which ones? I think what he was actually asking is, which ones are the most important? Which ones should I be focusing on? And so he read off to him a few. I've kept these from my youth. And so... We had the general light that came out here first. The word of God is a lamp unto my feet. And he gave him the lamp unto his feet. And he said, I've walked in the light of this. I've done these things. Gone in this direction. What do I still lack? And so then Jesus came and he gave him individual light. Light that was meant for him. And he said, One thing. One thing. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go and sell everything you have. I want you to take all the money you get from that and give it to the poor. And after you finish that, I want you to come follow me. That's not a command. That's not an invitation he gave to everybody. It's not an invitation he only gave to the twelve. There were more beside that. He's not inviting him to become one of the twelve. But he is inviting him to come into the inner circle that Jesus has. He says, come on. And the man went away sorrowful and said he had much possessions. Now we've, in the last weeks, we've gone over some of the th- verses that had gone on after that. But he gave him specific light. 
Now, sometimes people are out there. How many times have you heard this? And people are saying that you ought to be poor if you are going to serve God. That the message of Jesus is sell all that you have and give it to the poor and then just follow Him. See, some people are trying to take this individual light that was given for this one particular person and make it be a broad light for everyone. Now, how is it that his light for his life is not the same thing as the light given to Joshua and others. How is it? What is the difference between this? Now, if Jesus' message was, I just heard someone minister on this. I said, "Oh, yeah, that's a that's a good point." If Jesus' message was, "Sell all that you have and give it to the poor." Come follow me. If that was his general message, is that was something that you would get in the teachings that Jesus had? If this was something that would come out on a regular basis, how is it that Joseph, Joseph of Arimathea was so rich? How come he didn't give all his money away? How is it that he survived all the teaching of Jesus, all the meetings that he was in with Jesus, came to a real close relationship with Jesus and never got rid of all his wealth. Why is that not, Why did that happen? In fact, in the end, his wealth is what got him an audience so that he could ask for the body of Jesus and his wealth provided a place for them to put Jesus in. So you see, the light that he gave this young man was light for him. The light that was given to the man with, with leprosy, that was light for him. The light about the taxes and how to pay the taxes, that was light for that situation. If I go around and I claim all this individual light that was given in the Word of God for my own life, I can get myself in trouble. But we all like Joshua, right? I mean, where would we be if we cut out Joshua chapter 1 out of our Bibles? That's going over to Joshua chapter 1. Now see, this man could tell that something was missing. Jesus gave a, a, an answer. It was given for him. When he gave what was in the law, that was for all. But the other answer he gave was for him. So I put that in your outline. Is this for all? Is this one command for all? No, it's not. I don't believe it is at all. But we need to find out how, how is it that I can know that individual light given to a person is light that I can follow? How do I know that? So, over here in Joshua chapter 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses. Now this is the same thing he said to Moses. This is the same thing he said to Abraham. This is almost general light. But it's specific for those people that were in Israel. And those who were leaders. Abraham was a leader. Moses was a leader. Joshua was a leader. We're leading them into the, into the land. I look, this is what I said. This is the light that I gave you. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as 
I said to Moses. Verse 4. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, don't raise your hand on this one. But how many have ever claimed this verse for yourself? No man shall be able to stand before me. Hmm. But this is specific like given for Joshua, isn't it? He has a particular mission. His mission is to bring the children of Israel into the promised land. And so, he is given specific light on what he is supposed to do to accomplish this. Here's your light, Joshua, walk in it. So he says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Now, I bet you that, that's a refrigerator verse. If I took a poll amongst Christians, I bet we get quite a few of them that have that on the refrigerator. No man shall be able to stand before you. In fact, you didn't even put you in there. You probably just wrote it in there as me. No man shall be able to stand before me. Right? Now, how many of you are wondering whether you should have that on your refrigerator right now? (laughs) No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Now, how many like that part of the verse? I will not leave you nor forsake you. How many times have we quoted that about our own life? God will not leave me. God will not forsake me. No man shall be able to stand before me. And we feel anointed when we're doing that, don't we? (laughs) Up until today. But this is specific like given for Joshua. So why is it that we go around and we talk about no man being able to stand before us? I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. But we don't go around there talking about selling what we have, catching fish, and dipping in the Jordan. All right, he's not done here. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. How many like that verse? Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Oh, it gets better. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. How many like that part? Prosper wherever I go. Father God, I thank you that I prosper in all the places that I go. Wherever I go, Father God, I thank you that I prosper. (laughs) Ah. But who was it spoken to? It's spoken to Joshua. He said, only be strong and very courageous. Now, that's not the end of the sentence. He said, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. The strength and the courage is to do the law that Moses commanded. Be strong and courageous to do what is written in the law that I gave to Moses. Because he would need strength and courage. 
Moses needed strength and courage because those people were they were something. Now he's not done yet. Verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. How many of you quoted that for for your life? But this is like given to Joshua, isn't it? This is a word spoken by God to Joshua for a particular thing he was supposed to do in his life. But we like it. So maybe we ought to just say, if I like it, I'll claim it. (laughs) Maybe that's how we go. Then verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, if any of the other eight verses have escaped your refrigerator, I am pretty sure at one time you have had this verse up there. This verse is pretty hard not to be a refrigerator verse, not to be a, a card verse that you put on there. Some You may, may even have it as a screensaver for your phone. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And we we may claim this for our own life. But who is it spoken to? It's spoken to Joshua. For the situation that Joshua is in. Now, how is it that we could take a verse that is spoken to Joshua and bring it into our life? How can I know if a a light in the Word of God that is given for an individual is also intended to be a general light to light my way? How can I tell? Because I know certain ones are not. I know that the, the one with the leprosy, I know just because I dip into Jordan doesn't mean that I have that same promise. I know I can go fishing, but I may never catch a fish with coins in its mouth. Even though there's some situations I need some money. Well, one of the things that you will see when you're going to take something that is spoken to an individual and apply it to your own life is does the Word of God teach the principle that is spoken to another person? So let's go back to the the beginning. Does the Word of God teach that if you dip in the Jordan, you will be healed? No. It doesn't teach that. It was light given to a certain person for a certain situation. Does the Word of God teach you that if you catch, if you catch fish, you may catch some money? It doesn't teach you that, does it? It was specific light given to someone for a specific situation. Does the Word of God teach you that in order to be close to God and to be perfect or complete, you need to sell all that you have, give it to the poor, that you will have treasures in heaven. It doesn't teach you that, does it? If you were going to take an individual's light that is given for their situation that is in the Word of God, then that light needs to be taught 
somewhere. But you see, if that light is taught somewhere, I can take that light that was taught in general and then tailored specific to his life. And I can take those principles and use it in my own. So you don't have to go home and take down all your Joshua verses off your refrigerator. You can leave them right there. I want to read for you some, some other places in Scripture. If you, we're not going to go there, but if you went down to verse 18 of the same chapter and in 1025, you will see the same words being used. Be strong and of good courage. In Deuteronomy 11, 8 and 31, 6, I'm going to read these for you. Deuteronomy 11, 8, Therefore you shall keep every commandment which I command you today that you may be strong and go in the process and possess the land which you cross over to possess. That is Moses speaking by the inspiration of God to Israel. Deuteronomy 31, 6, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Boy, doesn't that sound just like Joshua 1, verse 9? Here it is being spoken to the entire congregation of Israel. In Deuteronomy 31, 7 and 23, we have a word from Moses for Joshua. Be strong and of good courage, for you must go with this people to the land which the Lord has sworn to their fathers to give them, and you shall cause them to inherit it. Later on in verse 23, Then he inaugurated Joshua the son of Nun and said, Be strong and of good courage, for you shall bring the children of Israel into the land of which I swore to them, and I will be with you. Joab said to Abishai in 2 Samuel 10 and verse 12, Be strong and of good courage. David said to Samuel in 1 Kings chapter 2 and verse 2 and 1 Chronicles 22 and 13, Be strong and of good courage. God's word to Asa through the prophet Azariah is this, But you be strong and do not let your hands be weak, for your work shall be rewarded. That is through the prophet to the king. In 2 Chronicles 32 and verse 7, Hezekiah had a word for the people. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid nor dismayed for the king of Assyria. Before the king of Assyria. Nor before all the multitude that is with him. For there are more with us than with him. God speaking through Isaiah the prophet in verse 4 of chapter 35. Say to those who are fearful hearted, Be strong. Do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance. With the recompense of God, he will come and save you. The angel said to Daniel in chapter 10 and verse 19 to be strong and of good courage. Haggai to the people and a few specific leaders, Zerubbabel and Joshua in Haggai chapter 2 and verse 4. Yet now be strong, Zerubbabel, says the Lord, and be strong, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, says the Lord, and work, for I am with you, says the Lord of hosts. Zechariah spoke this to the people in chapter 8 and verse 9. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Let your hands be strong. You have been hearing in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets who spoke in that day. The foundation was laid for the house of the Lord of hosts that the temple might be built. Verse 13, And it shall come to pass that just as you were a curse among the nations, O house of Judah, the house of Israel, so I will save you and you shall be a blessing. Do not fear. Let your hands be strong. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 13, from the mouth of Paul, Watch, stand fast in faith, be brave, be strong. So we see there's a number of places, and that's not the exhaustive list. You can go out there and you can find some more of people in the Word of God. 
who were told, be strong and of good courage. Sometimes it was whole groups of people. Sometimes it was individuals. Sometimes it was spoken out to the entire nation of Israel. Sometimes it was spoken to leaders. But we see this oftentimes, be strong and of good courage. So even though that light was given to Joshua, even though that light was given to other individuals, it came from the lamp of the Word of God. But he took that lamp light and he tailored it to his life and to help him. Now, when we walk in that light and God has given us individual light or we are taking light from the life of someone like Joshua and I'm going to take that light and apply it to my life, I have to understand what I'm taking on. Because a lot of times we think, well, I'll just confess these things that Joshua had and I'll just have the things that Joshua had. But you will have the things that Joshua had. And you better be ready for them. How many times in that one chapter did God say, be strong and of good courage? Several, right? Several times he said to him, be strong and of good courage. I'm going to do this, but be strong and of good courage. If you will be strong and of good courage and do all that I commanded. So he's emphasizing with them, be strong and of good courage. What does that tell you? That in nine verses is repeated three or four times. What does that tell you? Something is coming up. (laughs) And he needs to be strong and of good courage. God wouldn't be telling you to be strong and of good courage if you didn't need to be strong and of good courage. He would not be telling you to be strong and of good courage if there wasn't something you had to do to be strong and of good courage. We are not saying by putting these things up on our refrigerator and quoting these things on a regular basis, we are not saying that it's all up to God. Because the Word of God that we are quoting is saying, I have done this. Now you, be strong and of good courage. So if I'm going to claim this verse of Scripture for my life, because I like how it was for Joshua, then I need to be, what? Strong and of good courage. It's not saying God be strong and of good courage. It's saying you be strong. You need to be strong and of good courage. Strong and of good courage. So let's take a look at something that he needed to be strong and of good courage in. In Joshua chapter 7, in verse 1, But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed things so that the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Bethaven, on the east side of Bethel, and spoke to them, saying, Go up and spy out the country. So the men went up and spied out Ai, and they returned to Joshua and said to him, Do not let all the people go up, but let about two or three thousand men go up and attack Ai. Do not weary all the people there, for the people of Ai are few. Now, they've got millions over there in the nation of Israel. And not all of them are fighting men, but uh, a lot of them are. And so he's just saying, look, just do two or three thousand. And if you are only going to send two or three thousand in the fight, are you expecting two or three thousand to return to you? In the, in the, are, they're going to send two or three thousand out too. No. 
If you're going to go into a fight, don't you want to outnumber them? So you're looking at probably less than a thousand people they have. I would say it's probably even less than 500. They don't have many, many people in there at all. AI is not really a city, it's more like a village. And they said, we don't really need to bother everybody going down there. And Now sometimes people want to look at this and say the reason they have problems at AI is because they got a little prideful. They're not prideful. And that's not why they had trouble. The reason they had trouble is because they took of the accursed things. You can't take of the accursed things and not have trouble. It started right out there in the beginning of Scripture. This is why they had trouble. But some people will try and teach you. <laughs> they got prideful on this and that's why they had the problem. They did not get prideful. That was not the problem. If it was the problem, God would have said in the first few verses. Instead He said, they took of the accursed things. And later on, Joshua's going to be asking the Lord about it. And the Lord doesn't bring up any kind of attitude about them at all. He just says, look, you took me to curse things. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Don't try and read too much into it. Verse 4, so about 3,000 men went up from uh, there from the people, but they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai struck down about 36 men. 36 people died in this battle. That's 36 people that were fathers. 36 people that were husbands. 36 people who did no wrong, who did not take of the accursed things. 36 people who were among the 3,000 selected to go into battle. And 36 people who did not return home. For they chased them from before the gate as far as Shabiram and struck them down on the descent. Therefore, the hearts of the people melted and became like water. How many know when your heart melts and becomes like water, you are not strong and of good courage? Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth and his face before the ark of the Lord until evening. He and the elders of Israel, they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us, cut off our name from the earth. Then what will you do for your great name? Now, this Joshua is the same Joshua who went up as one of the spies with his pal, Caleb. And they came back and they said when they saw the large cities, the big walls, the giants in the land, and the numerous people, they said, we are well able to take this because our God is with us. This is the same Joshua who's been ready for this battle who's wandered the wilderness for 40 years waiting to get in. Who wandered for 40 years because the people said, oh, that we had been content to stay in the land of Egypt rather than die in this wilderness. That same Joshua, same one, is the one who said, oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns his back 
before his enemies. Verse 7. Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. So he's not saying let's go all the way back to Egypt. Let's just live in the wilderness. Let's just live in the wilderness. We, we were better off out there in the wilderness than coming out here. So the Lord said to Joshua, Joshua, I'm sorry you're going through this. I know you're facing a big battle. and It's tough. But look, we can do this. What's the Lord say? Get up. Why are you lying down on your face like that? Israel has sinned. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. They have taken some of the accursed things. They have both stolen and deceived. And they have also put it among their own stuff. Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turned their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Neither will I be with you anymore unless you destroy the accursed from among you. Get up. Sanctify the people and say, Sanctify yourselves for tomorrow because thus says the Lord God of Israel, There is an accursed thing in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the accursed thing from among you. Do you see a lot of patience there with God? See, most people, whenever they have a problem come into life, everything is always God's fault. They get a bad report. Bad financial report. Bad report from the doctor. Bad report from life. What do they do? Oh, God, why are you doing this to me? Oh, God, how come? Oh, God, and it's always God's fault. Everything is always God's fault. If it goes bad, it's God's fault. If you don't have any trouble, what do you need faith for? How many of you are, how many remember back in the days of, uh, when Brother Shambach used to be on the air. How many remember Brother Shambach? All right. A couple people remember Shambach. He'd come on the radio. And, uh, you know, b- back in those days, we couldn't just pop in podcasts. You'd have to wait until a certain time of the day when Brother, Sister, so-and-so would come on the radio. And then they'd, they'd preach for 15 minutes. And then uh, you'd, get a, you'd get some of the word that way. And so, you know, we would just turn on our radios and uh, brother, around here was WZZD. They had it for a while. They had about an hour, hour and a half of just faith people, just one after another, just preaching. And it was good. Brother Shambach was in that that uh, group there, and he would uh, he'd get out there and he'd preach. Oh, he was, he was, he was good. He was, he was, uh, he was a fireball. But uh, I don't know. If, not everybody knows this about him. Brother Brother Shambach got his start with A.A. Uh, a. a. Allen. How many remember A.A. A. Allen? Brother Shambach was his worship leader. If you don't know that. He was the uh, worship leader for A.A. A. Allen, so that's who he cut his teeth under. That's uh, that's pretty good. If, if you don't know A.A. A. Allen, A.A. A. Allen was so big that uh, all you had to do was his name and the city. It was in Texas. I forget what city it was in Texas. Uh, one of the big cities. But all you had to do was put his name, A.A. A. Allen, and the city. And he would even say that on the radio show. <laughs> just <laughs> just A.A. Uh, a. Allen... This city, it'll get here. Can you imagine that? That's how, uh, he was, he was something on that, but, uh, he had some issues he fell into too, but, oh, tremendous healing. Tremendous healing stories out of that, those meetings. And Brother Shambach, he would go out there, he would, uh, teach and 
minister and lay hands on people and people get healed. But he would always uh, uh, start or end his, his show with the words, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. Now, how many know the story behind that? Anybody know the story behind that? Or you just hear it on the radio? Just heard it on the radio. The story behind that is that's what God said to him. That was light that God gave him. One of the times he was going on about whatever trouble he was facing, God told him, you don't have any trouble. All you need is faith in God. So when you hear him on the radio saying that, he is giving you light that he received. How many of y'all, that light helped you out? Oh, that was good. I don't, I don't have any trouble. <laughs> All I need is faith in God. Now, Joshua may have been able to use that word. Because right now he feels like he's got some trouble. But when he started off in ministry, what did God say to him? Be strong and very courageous. In fact, he said it again. Be strong and very courageous. And just in case he didn't get it, he said it again. Be strong and very courageous. Which meant there's going to be something that's going to affect him. Now, God is not behind all that goes on in your life. God was not behind this failure at AI. They were. It may have been a good idea if God gave such a stern warning, don't take the accursed things that they all would have gone before God says, God, did we do okay? There's a lot of people out there that are doing a lot of things. Did we do all right? And God would have said, nope, there's an accursed thing among you. And before they ever got into battle, they would have straightened it out. Now, I put this in your outline for you. God gives warnings and wisdom, but not possession. If you're going to possess a thing, you've got to go take it. He gives warning. He'll give wisdom, but not possession. He may have granted it. He may have declared it, but you've got to go get it. If you're going to possess what it is that God has given you, you've got to go out there and possess it. God, how many times did God tell him, this is the land, go possess it. Every place that your foot shall tread, you possess it. But they had to tread on it. They had to go out there and get it. Just because you can see the Word of God giving you a promise does not mean you possess it until you go out there and take it. Now, Joshua was told, be strong and very courageous. And a number of other things he was told. Was he being faithful to it? Was he being faithful to what God said? He had up until there. And when they came back and they failed... What'd he do? Oh God, we should have been satisfied being on the other side of the Jordan. We should have been satisfied with the manna that fell from heaven and the water that came from rocks. But we weren't. We decided to press on and to go after those things that you promised us and now here we are. See, he had to be faithful to what God told him. And God told him, be strong and very courageous. When you put that up on your refrigerator, what are you saying? I'm going to be strong. Very courageous. God's basically saying this. Get up. This is not a time for prayer. It's a time for action. You need to move. You need to do some stuff. 
whole lot of people they want to hide out. I'm going to be in my prayer time. I'm going to be praying to God. Oh, I don't know what's going on. I got to pray. And God says, get up! Get out there and do something. He's over there wailing and praying before God. God, oh God, oh God, oh help me God, oh help me God. And God says, get up! What are you doing down here? Apparently God did not want them in prayer. He wanted them to get out there and do some stuff. You got to curse stuff in there. It's not my fault, it's your fault. Get out there and straighten it out. See, this command came to him. And it certainly is one that we can do. And that we can follow. But he needed to be strong and very, very courageous. I put this in your outline for you. It is only a problem to be strong and courageous when we are weak and afraid. It is only a problem to be strong and courageous when we are weak and afraid. Because if I'm not weak and afraid, being strong and courageous is not a problem. You see, many times we are strong and courageous because we feel like we have the upper hand on all the things that are in our life. But then all of a sudden the report comes. All of a sudden our body tells us something. All of a sudden our neighbors, our relatives, our friends tell us something. All of a sudden news comes to us and it causes us to be weak and afraid. And when we are weak and afraid, it's hard to be strong and courageous. But God's word to Joshua was, be strong and courageous, which means he knows situations are going to come up that are going to try and get you to be weak and afraid. And when that happens, this is what I'm telling you. This is the wisdom that God has given Joshua. Here's the wisdom. Be strong and courageous. That's what you got to do. Be strong and courageous. Oh, but you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. But I know what the Word of God said. The Word of God said, be strong and courageous. If you are going to walk in the light that Joshua walked in, then you need to walk in that light. And you're going to have some stuff that's going to come into your life that's going to try and cause you to be Weak and afraid. You're going to face a battle like AI. This should be no problem. And all of a sudden, 36 people are dead. And you all fled before Israel. And look at Joshua's mind. The enemy came in and just began to sow some things. He's already got a fertile ground there of fear. And he says this to Joshua. The enemy says this. God didn't say this. The enemy said it to him. Everyone else is going to hear this failure. And they are all going to descend upon you at one time. And you will not be able to stand against them. If you couldn't stand against AI, how are you going to stand against all these folks and they're going to wipe you out? And he's been thinking about that because he says it in his prayer to God. The rest of the Canaanites are going to hear about this and they're going to descend down upon us. You see, the enemy wants to feed your fear. He wants you to focus on your weakness because he wants you to be weak and afraid. But God didn't say that. God said to be strong and courageous. If you are strong and courageous, you laugh at the face of danger. You laugh at the face of danger. 
What was the last time you watched a 007 movie? Probably don't want to admit it. 007. How many times have you seen 007? Whoever played them. I don't you go back to whoever you want to. Take your favorite 007 person. When was the last time you saw Agent 007 weak and afraid? I know it's the movies. But still. When did you see Agent 007 weak and afraid? How about Rambo movies? When did you ever see Rambo weak and afraid? Thinks he can take on the entire world. It's no big, no big deal. How about the, the what's the Liam Neeson one um, taken? When did you ever see him weak and afraid? No matter what he was facing. He's neither weak nor afraid. See, if the enemy can get you to be weak and afraid, he can knock you out. So this is why God said multiple times to Brother Joshua, two times under Moses, as Moses is commissioning him into it, he says, be strong and courageous. And then God hits him with three more times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You got to get the idea that God needs you to be strong and courageous. God will do His part, but I need you to do your part. Your part is, guess what it is? Be strong and courageous. No matter what it is that you face. Finances, sickness and disease, pains, whatever it might be. He says to be what? Strong and and courageous. Going before God and complaining to God and saying, oh, woe is me, we should have stayed on the other side of the Jordan is not being strong and courageous. It's being weak and afraid. He does not want you weak and afraid. She's strong and courageous. That's where you got to be. Now, like that is given to one person one time to one person to meet a specific need, that's probably not for you. But when you got light given multiple times for many needs, many opportunities, scattered throughout the Word, and the Word of God actually teaches you to be strong and courageous, I think you can take that light and put it right to your life. And you can take Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9, and you can put all that into your life and say, this light is for me. But if you take on the light, you're probably going to walk in the path. Which means you're probably going to have an AI or two in your future. Or after we get done with AI and we win there, we make a covenant with a certain group of people, the Gibeonites. And then when word finds out that we did this, uh, people are not very happy. Still, the Word of God said... Be strong and courageous. And then five kings all banded together and decided we're going to come down on those Gibeonites and wipe them out because they made this covenant with Israel. And if you were you and me, we'd be saying, hope you do well with that battle. You deceived us. Uh, we're not helping you. But they didn't do it. They went over and they came against all five kings because God said to be 
strong and courageous. And so they faced all five kings and they won. They won the battle. We need to be strong and and courageous in the face of destruction. In the face of defeat. In the the face of despair. We need to be strong and courageous. You see, this is what being faithful is. If you're going to take that verse of Scripture and bring it into your life, if that's what you're going to do, then you need to be faithful to what He said. Which means I need to be strong and courageous. Now, when you got, if you got married, or if you're thinking about getting married, or if you hope to get married, or if you watch people get married, we got everybody. You would have seen them go through and they have vows to each other which they commit to be faithful. In all the times that you watch people exchange vows, have you ever heard someone say, I will be faithful to you 350 days out of the year. I will be faithful to you 23 hours out of the day. How many would say that probably wouldn't work? I will be faithful to you 23 hours in 59 minutes of every single day. What's your focus on? What are you doing during that one minute? Why is it that there's one minute that you're not... We're not focused on the 23 hours... 59 minutes, we're focused on the one minute. What are you doing during that one minute? What's going on here? But when we get with God, we want to show God, God, I've been faithful five days a week. But, you know, I had a little trouble over here. But look at my five days. What's God want? Faithfulness to God is the same thing as it is to us. I expect you to be faithful. 365 days out of the year. 24 hours out of the day. Seven days a week. That's what I expect. But just know, situations are going to come up. And it's going to try and get you to be weak and afraid. But if you're pulling out verses out of Joshua and let that be lightened to your life, then you need to be faithful to what it said. Be strong and very courageous. Do all that I commanded. Be faithful. Be strong and very courageous. That means when someone knocks on your door and says, I got some bad news for you. When a doctor issues a report, when neighbors come, when relatives come, whatever it is, whatever news comes to you, be strong, very courageous. You don't let it go. You continue to walk in that light. If that is the light that you are walking in in your life, and it's a good light to be walking in, don't turn the light off. Because if I stop being strong and courageous, the light that I am walking in, I have turned off. And now I'm walking into the dark.
stay strong. Stay courageous. No matter what it is that you face, you will overcome. When you get home sometime today, sometime this week, read over chapter 1, verses 1 through 9 again. Just read over. It says, this is, this is light for me, but it's light I need to walk in every single day. I need to be strong and very courageous. And the reason God says this is because He knows there's going to be some situations. And if you just look at the life of Joshua, God knew there's going to be some situations, some of which were not His fault some of which were directly his fault and some of it is just because he's in a hostile area. It didn't matter whether it was someone else's fault, his fault, or just because of the area he's in. God says, be strong and courageous. That's something I have to say to myself. Because when things start to fall apart, even someone like Joshua can begin to say oh that we would have stayed on the other side of the Jordan oh that I wouldn't have stretched for the promised land I'm not saying go all the way back to Egypt but oh if we just would have stayed in the wilderness on the other side of the Jordan oh it could it could have been so much better he became afraid. Would you all stand up with me? Well, Father, as the words to Joshua were to be strong and very courageous, your words to us are the same. Be strong and very courageous. Faith is courageous. Faith is strong. And I thank you, Father, that you have made us both strong and courageous. And we need to walk in it. With every head bowed, no one looking around, if you're here today and you say, I have stepped out at times from being strong and courageous. I've become afraid of a battle I'm in, a battle I seem to sense it's coming situation whatever it might be you can tell I have gone in the way of fear instead of faith every head bowed no one looking around if that's you here today raise your hand up Father God you see the hands that are that are up I thank you that even as Joshua fell from being strong and courageous he made his way back and he went on to victory after victory after victory and he learned how to stay strong and courageous I thank you for examples we have in the word of God like Joshua who though he had so many years being so faithful even once in a while he got shook but he made his way back and in the same way Father we make our way back I pray for each person here who raised their hand 
They may have gone into a place of being weak and afraid. But Father, you will show them the things to do to get back to being strong and courageous. Thank you for it. Give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Uh, It's so great to see all of you um, out today. We thank God for his presence. He is always, when we invite him into uh, the sanctuary, into our place of worship, or just in our daily lives, he is never one to say, no, I won't, I won't uh, come and bring my presence. As we ask him, he is so gracious that he always does show up, um, and his presence is what is important in our lives. And I want us to say um, uh, hello to those who are watching by way of the Internet, and um, it's just a good thing to be in the presence of the Lord today. Um, I want to say also um, we're getting ready to celebrate Independence Day um, next week, and uh, we just thank God for a nation where we can pray and uh, lift up our hands and worship in relative freedom. And that's something that uh, men and women have fought for. And we're so grateful for that today. We just thank God. Um, we want to give the praise reports, but before we do that, um, your bulletins. There are a lot of uh, interesting, a lot of uh, important things in our bulletin. We just ask that you would read them and avail yourself of them so that we can have times of fellowship and just enjoy what God has prepared for us. Uh, we have um, several praise reports here today. Um, Brother Darrell, who was on vacation, um, and we welcome him back. He says, while on vacation, he had the opportunity to share the gospel in Disneyland, of all places, and also at the airport before they returned home. So that's a blessing. It just means that um, when he went on vacation, he did not leave uh, the presence of God here and go on vacation. He took God, as we all need to do, where he went, and that's a, that's a blessing. Um, Brother Bruce is saying that um, he'd like to thank God for sending a couple of officers his way yesterday, very quickly, to free up his car that was stuck in a sand pit on a back road trail. I'm sure that wasn't any fun, but thank God that they uh, they were able to come quickly and uh, get him out of that situation. And Sister Phyllis is saying, according to this word, my body is healed from head to toe, not by feelings, but by my faith. And um, the Bible tells us that we walk by faith and not by sight. So we've just enjoyed a wonderful time of praise and fellowship. And just take all the things that we've experienced today and let them encourage you um, this week. I'm certainly taking the message that we have heard and um, the insight that I received from it. And just make sure that it applies and I apply it to my life. The word is not going to leap out of the pages and do anything for me if I don't get into it and um, allow it to affect my life. So go today, enjoy the rest of the day, and God bless each and every one of you. <laughs>